Biggest dream isn't for me, isn't like the New York Times list or anything like that. Biggest dream is to do school visits and be with the kids and, you know, connect on those personal levels. What does writing mean to you? What's your dream? This week, we get to the root of writing and why we do it with Kaylee Pugh. Kaylee is a dynamo in the kidlit world and with four book deals this past year, including a nonfiction middle grade and two picture books. She is also the mastermind behind the very first Kids Choice Kidlit Writing Contest, where kids are finally in the driver's seat and get to decide which entries they like best. Kaylee was deep in the editing process when we reached out to her, and she was gracious enough to grant us an interview. In her words, she tries to always say yes, uses way too many exclamation points, and more than anything, wants to open doors for kids through the power of books. Kaylee has had a lucky year for sure, but if you know her even a little, you know that every piece of good news she gets, she tries to spread tenfold throughout the Kidlet community. In short, she's a little bit of joy and inspiration, and in the spirit of giving back, Kaylee is offering one lucky listener their choice of a 30-minute AMA, a picture book critique, rhyming or not, or a first five pages, nonfiction, middle grade critique. Watch our Twitter accounts at Brenna Jenneret and at Verse Show for entry details. Welcome to You May Contribute a Verse, a set of conversations with creators we value. I'm Brenna Jenneret, children's lit author, mother, rock climber, and outdoor enthusiast, and co-host of You May Contribute a Verse. My co-host, Josh Munkin, is a children's lit author, father, science communicator, and podcaster. Our guest today is Kaylee Pugh. You can find Kaylee on Twitter at PewKaylee and her website, KayleePewBooks.com. That's K-A-I-L-E-I-P-E-W Books.com. We talk extensively about her upcoming Kids' Choice contest, but you don't want to miss anything, so make sure to subscribe her blog and check out the details on her website. Here's Kaylee's verse. No big deal. Okay, so we're officially recording. Great. So, <laughs> well, Kaylee, are we your first podcast? You Kaylee? are. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm qualified I to be on so. a podcast. You will find us uh, uh, highly unprofessional and very. That's casual. the best kind of podcast. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. so you're you're more than qualified. You might be overqualified. Well, for a podcast. I, I don't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> you're very professional. I, I, I speaking of professional. I got your email this morning. I haven't had a chance to open it, but I'm very excited because oh, my son is going to be one of the kid judges, and he's very much looking forward. I'm to so it. I'm so excited. The rules post is probably way more in depth than anybody wants it to be but this way hopefully it will all get out there and there will be few questions I mean I love answering questions I just hate to have to answer questions if people don't know what's going on then that doesn't that's not good so yeah if you yeah, can pa- passive aggressively point them towards your blog there we post, go yeah did you read this and not answer the question <laughs> no, no no I'll answer the question but then I'll also point them to the blog yeah. Do you, do you want for people who don't know about your contest? Do you want to just quickly do like a just a in a nutshell of what what we're talking about what the contest is? Yeah, sure. So the Kids Choice Kidlit Writing Contest. It's a little bit of a mouthful, and the hashtag is way too <laughs> long, but that's okay. Um, it is a writing contest similar to others that you've seen. Um, things like the spring fling and the Halloween Z, um, 50 precious words, similar idea where you'll submit a 200 word for this contest. Every contest is a little bit different, but for this one, it'll be a 200 word 
story or sample. In the case of young adult entries, they'll be more like a scene. Hmm. And unlike other writing contests, this contest will be judged by kids. And while I will read every entry just because, first of all, it's fun. Second of all, it seems like the right thing to do. Um, I will have no input on the judging at all. I'll organize the judges into groups because we don't want a single kid to have to read 100 plus entries. I don't actually know how many entries we'll get, but we'll find out. I assume we'll get a good number because the response has been good. And I don't want it to become overwhelming. So in the first round of judging, each kid will read about 10 entries. Um, and we have currently just over 100 judges. I did open up the opportunity to register to be a judge for another week or so because as word mm. gets out, people are like, oh, I missed it. My kid would love this. So I decided to open it a little bit longer since the judges aren't doing anything yet anyways. Um and so in that first round, the kids will read about 10 entries and each uh, each submission will be read by at least five kids, I'm hoping. And if we need to track down more judges, we'll track down more judges. So the first round is going to be a little complicated because I'm going to have to figure out, you know, who the finalists are based on those different rounds and, mm -hmm. and things like that. But then once the kids select the finalists, all of the kids will read all 10 finalists entries all 100 kids will vote um and again it's based on their age right so i think we have we actually have about 50 picture book judges which i think will be our biggest response anyway so that'll be great um mm. and then it's about split about 25 and 25 for middle grade and ya um judges so depending on the entries all of the kids will vote on those final 10 and then the winners will be announced and they'll get to choose their prizes from the list of prizes and it'll be a lot of fun i'm really excited I, the kids are excited so that's the best part you know so much of this industry is adult driven so i'm really yeah to get the kids in the driver's seat yeah i mean it seems it like it yeah <laughs> I was just gonna say it's so smart to have kid judges, you know. Oh, like, thank you. I, I I don't know why you know nobody has thought of that before. Like, of course, they're they're the core audience. Like, have them yeah have them be the judges, yeah, right? Like, yeah, really smart. Yeah, I've wanted to do a, a writing contest for a long time just because I love the community that it fosters, but I didn't want it to become just another thing because there are so many great writing contests out there already. I didn't want to add one mm. more thing that's just like all the others. So I wanted it to be valuable. So I've been thinking about it for a long time and then it just kind of hit me. And so I ran with it. So <clears throat> Brenda's reaction is what a smart idea to use kids. My reaction with two kids, eight and four is, oh my God, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> organizing like a hundred different kids from a hundred different families, potentially. Um, I would personally, my organization sense is so poor that I would have like a four-year-old reading some zombie romance yeah. or, you know, <laughs> novel or something. How, how are you? How are you organizing things? Are you a spreadsheet person? That's a really person? good question. I am a big spreadsheet person. So I right uh, now have three spreadsheets and they're color coded um, and they're organized. So the original spreadsheet just 
you know, because I had parents or guardians fill out a Google form to give permission, because I want to be really careful, right? I don't want to, I don't want to overstep. So they had to fill out a very specific Google form that they give permission for this, that they understand that I don't know what will be in these entries, that they won't sway their children's votes, that they can help with the reading if necessary, but not tell their child what they think of the story, etc. And so Google Forms is nice because it creates a spreadsheet for you. And so after that spreadsheet was created, I went through and, you know, the parents had to select if their kids wanted to read picture book, middle grade or YA. So I went through, separated them out into three different spreadsheets, then color coded into what I'm guessing. This is a lot of guesswork at this point because I have no idea how many entries we'll get, right? But I'm guessing based on the first year of a number of writing contests, right? So I looked at the first year of the Spring Fling writing contest. I looked at the first year of 50 Precious Words. I looked at the first year of Halloween Z. And I upped it just a little bit of what they got because none of them included YA entries. And so I'm thinking we might need a little bit more. I don't know very much about YA, so I'm not really sure why I'm including YA, but I wanted everyone to be included, and I don't really need to know because I'm not judging it. I'm a big YA reader, you, right? just not a YA writer. I can't tell you like anything about writing YA. Yeah, it's not about me. So uh, I figured why not add everybody who writes Kidla in because um, the kids are judging anyways. So now that's all organized by spreadsheet. I color-coded what I think will be my groups, you know, to these five kids. I call them group A. And then I'll organize, you know, 10 entries to send to them and group B and so on and so forth. Um, and they'll receive the entries in a Google form so that when they make their choices, it just automatically tells me which was the top voted for, which was the next voted for. Um, and that way I don't have to go through and count every single one. It's going to get a little complicated, right? Because one kid will organize one through 10 and another kid will have the same top, but a different second. And so I'm going to have to do some analyzing and seeing who actually got the most votes. And so I will have to kind of pull that way. But I'm hopeful that the Google form will just make it a little bit easier. Are you gonna, so probably not. I feel like I know the answer to this question because I think it would be like a lot of work on your part, but it would be really interesting to sort of like put together like the comments of what people say and give the writers like some kind of feedback and be like, overall, you know, it looked like it was really fun, but like, you know, it dragged in the middle or like you can really up the tension, which I, you know, right. I don't know how you So in an ideal that, but... world, I would love to do that. That's like the most ideal of worlds, right? Because everybody wants feedback. Everybody wants to know what worked, yeah. what didn't work. Um, in the real world, probably not. Um, it just depends, yeah. you know, how many entries do we get? Um, I'm always really impressed and I want to be like her. Agent Caitlin Sanchez, like, outlines everything in her writing contest afterwards, right? She analyzes it all. Mm -hmm. She talks about what worked and what didn't work in the winning entries. And I'm hoping to at least do that, to like talk about the winning entries, what worked so that people can mm -hmm. see that. Yeah. But I mean, I, I have four books right now that have recently sold and I'm editing all four of them. Well, two of them are <laughs> right. Now, so I'm, those two are officially done as of last week and I'm working on two more. And then we're going back on sub with the next ones, right? Cause I always want the next thing coming. So 
I don't know how Caitlin does it. I don't think the woman sleeps um, because she has sold a billion books on top. She's a teacher. She does all the things, right? But that's okay. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, right. She is totally. Yeah, I mean, she is everywhere. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know how she does it either. Like, maybe she's cloned herself secretly because she's really into math, right? That's the only she's really smart. Yeah, she knows a lot about math. Like, I think she could do it if there was anyone out there. Like, she's got a couple of clones. Just like, to just to comment on your first point about, you know, will an eight-year-old be reading something that was meant for a 17-year-old? Hopefully not. Because <laughs> right. the parents are, Clarify that point. Clarify. Right. I, for any parents who are like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't... You know, right. I The parents did choose, you know, which, which genre they wanted their kid reading in some parents selected like middle grade and YA. And they're like, you know, my kid's 13. They're kind of still reading both. And what do you think? And I responded to them basically saying, I need you to pick cause this can't be on me. You know, I, yeah. I need you to tell me what they want to read. I can tell you middle grade is generally best for eight to 12 and YA is generally best for 13 to 17, but YA, you know, you could get a little bit that's kind of more new adult. You could get something that's definitely meant for the upper YA. So I think generally more than just a couple of smooches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and a little bit of violence. Right. Right. So yeah, right. you just you just never know. And I mean it's a two hundred word sample, right? Nothing's gonna be probably more than they'd want their kid to read. But I don't know. I'm all for letting the kids read what they want to read, but it's hard in a contest when we just don't know what that's gonna be. So it'll be interesting to see. But parents did choose, you know, which which section their kid's going to be reading and they know kind of what that means. And so we'll see. And as a parent who filled out that form, I was really appreciative of the thoughtfulness that went into it because there was even a section. Yeah. There was even a section where it was like, you don't even have to put the name of your kid. Like it can totally be optional, which I really appreciated. I have some family members out there who I'm just like, I don't, we don't need to be involved. I don't really want my kid out there. Like I'm going to, I'm good. Yeah. Like he, you know, he can just remain anonymous. The so kids totally anonymous. Even for the parents who chose to share their kid's name, just so that I could communicate that I will never share a child's name, even if I know it. Um, I'm very private about my own children. Um, I don't share gender ages. You know, I am very private about my own children just because you never know, right? It's the internet and the world's weird. Yeah. And but I respect those who do. Right. You have to do what's right for you and your family. So we had a really bad experience. Child's picture was found somehow. Still don't know how because it wasn't like public made into a meme that I did not appreciate. I mean, it's a, I think it's a useful cautionary tale. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anything anything goes and it's all fun and games until somebody that you're close to actually gets burned by it. I don't know. It feels like such a breach of Yuck. privacy. Like somebody, yeah. yeah, like somebody was like in your house almost. Yeah. And like went I, through your stuff yeah. and just was like, you know, could pick and choose what they wanted to take and leave. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, on the flip side of like, I also, you know, I'm pretty private about, about my kid. Um, and on the flip side though, you know, you were saying it's fine if, you know, other people want to do that. It's uh, for, for me, it's almost more than fine. I'm like, oh, I love seeing these really cute pictures of like my friend's kids and like all the stuff they're doing and the shenanigans, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, you know, I waver back and forth because I'm like, oh yeah, like my kid just did this really hilarious thing. Like I should totally show everyone. And I'm like, ah, 
I don't know. I've got it like all set up and like ready to hit send. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Something feels like not okay about it. So I always like delete and erase yeah. and whatever. And I'm you like, gotta go it does what works for you. I mean, in light of all that, the the Kids' Choice Kid Lit Writing Contest is a bold move to make. I mean, you've had a brush with breach of privacy in the past. Um, that had to give you pause at some point along the way. I yeah. mean, not, not not to say that you're going to retain a lawyer for a kid's writing contest. Oh, is he, he really? He is really. All right, not that so. kind of lawyer. <laughs> yeah. You you still got some like in your pocket sort of consultation on you know, know am I am I good I here? Him, I asked yeah. him a few questions like can I do this? Is this a good idea? And he was like, I mean, good idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there was that conversation, right? And my husband is like the most supportive man on the planet. I am just so blessed to have him. And so I, he really was like, yeah, go with it. But there was a moment of, oh, is this, is this a good idea? I don't know. So that's when, you know, I ran by him, like the wording of my Google form. And I mean, a Google form, is it legally binding? I don't know. But there's like some permission given, right? And the wording was very specific, yeah. like, I understand X, I understand Y, I understand all these things and I give my express permission for my child mm -hmm. to participate, right? I mean, it very clearly right. I wouldn't share any names. I'm not even sharing um, very specifics about the process because I do want to be careful. So it's like a trust thing, right? People are just gonna have to trust that I'm not judging this contest because I'm really not. Um, I think there have been enough parents that have been open about their kids participating that there will be a level of trust that there are these kid judges. It really did happen. Um, <laughs> for the finals, I'll probably share some images from the Google form that they fill out with the voting um, just to show mm. that. But it's going to be very much private, very much anonymous. Um, I don't even know the names of a lot of the kids. And I, I actually think that's great. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because there is this level of anonymity. There's this level of secrecy almost. Like a lot of these contests are very open about the judging process and what they went through. And this one's not going to be that. It's just going to mm. And who the judges are. Right, and yeah, who the judges exactly. are. Yeah. Right. People know who the judges are. They're like qualified people to judge things right and, <laughs> what their experiences right yeah. so but actually what i'm really excited about the only guidance i'm giving the, i'm actually giving the kids a lot of guidance on how to read things i'm we're going to have an optional zoom meeting and those who can't attend are going to get a very clear uh, email from me with a video um, but if they want to attend the Zoom meeting to ask questions about the judging process they can so we're definitely preparing them to judge but the absolute final, like, this is what matters is which one's your favorite? Which one do you like? Because that's what I want to know. That's the whole point of this contest is what do kids like to read? And that, yeah, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. Like, do you like it or not? Right. right? I mean, that's all that needs to be judged, really. Like the line edits, the title, the actual premise, the tension building. 
nobody cares. If you don't like it, then nobody's going to read it, right? And in my opinion, my four-year-old is the most harsh, most honest judge I have ever come across in my life. Like I rarely read my stuff to him because I'm just like, oh my God, he's going to like rip me apart. He's not going to like this. This isn't going to be good. Like I'll tell him, you know, like a seed of an idea. And if he's excited, I'm like, okay, excuse me, got to go to the computer, like write it down. But like we, we, we will often get big stacks of books from the library. Yeah. And we, we sit down and we'll read through the stack and we call it keeper or dud. So we read through the books and then I go, I ask him and I'm like, keeper or dud? He's like, dud. And he'll do even like a thought. I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so harsh. Please, please be a little less brutal. Like, so I think in that regard though, I feel like writers out there, like even though that criticism is hard to take, I mean, nobody's going to see my son actually like, you know, be like, oh, like I didn't like that at all. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not going to be that intense, but that's what you want to know. You want the honest feedback of your audience. And so this is a great way to get that without hurting anybody's feelings because, you know, four-year-olds don't have any tact. So... <laughs> <laughs> No, I absolutely agree. I think kids are really great judges, you know, and and while it is parents and educators, caregivers who buy books, I think the most successful books are clearly loved by children because that's what keeps selling. That's what, you know, we see in these story times. And so I think that there's a level of connection to what kids love and sales even. And so I think that it's important to, I love that you do that with your kid, that he's in the driver's seat and he decides, because there are some times where I'm like, I am never reading that book again, but my kid uh, loves no. it, right? <laughs> and you're yes. obsessed, you know, totally obsessed with this book that I'm like, that book has no plot. That book, you know, know, all these things, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't even handle it. And that sounds bad. And like, who's all who published this thing? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. But you know, that just tells you you never know. You never know what a kid's going to love. You never know what's going to work. And I have to just, like, okay, fine. We'll read this book again. We'll, we'll buy this book that you've checked out of the library 52 times. You know, it just. Yeah, it is. It's so funny that this comes up again. I mean, we just. Uh, published this week uh, our conversation with Gerald Connors and he talked about some Kindle single book mm-hmm. um, n- like independently published that became his kids complete favorite. Wow. It's a nice sort of gut check to say like not to ding the gatekeepers because that's a whole that's a whole traditional publishing process but mm-hmm. it's not everything that's behind what makes it hooky for right. kids just for them to sink their teeth into so. Totally. Like all these underground, like, you know, graphic novel stuff, you know, books or whatever, like these handmade like stories that come together and just like show up out of the woodwork. Like there is no publisher. There is no like contract. It's a couple of dudes who got together and they were like, I think this is hilarious. And someone else was like, so do I. Let's like get together and make this thing happen. And then before you know it, it like takes off like wildfire. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a really good point that it's not the end all be all. Like if, right. if other people like your work and they connect with it, like that is the most important thing. And to circle back around just really quick, I wanted to make a, a just a quick mention of like putting the kid in the driver's seat, like you were saying, like little kids, especially, I feel like their power is so limited, right? Like they're like 
self like anonymity or like you know having any sort of control over their environment and to give them this this contest where they're like in charge and they get to tell the adults like what they like and what they don't like I feel like for so many of these kid judges that is what has put them over the top like I told my kid and he was like yeah I'm in I'm like do you want to read and before I could finish he's like yep I'm like (laughs) okay all right I'm like we're in we'll do this so yeah so I think that was smart on your part yeah Yeah. I'm really excited the feedback has been great and the fact that kids are excited that's just thrilling so we will um take this to email where we can book our follow-up conversation where you are tearing your hair out (laughs) in another like six weeks or something yeah um, (laughs) when you've got like a million entries to sort I know I specifically chose for the submission window to be January 31st to February 2nd because my edits on my middle grade are due February 1st and so I'm like let's just let me get that done Turn it in. And then in that, you know, little period where my editor is going through with her red pen, I'll do this. And then hopefully it will be over when she gets the edits back to me. And hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, otherwise, I just won't sleep for a couple of weeks and it'll be fine. Yeah. You you mentioned, I mean, you've you've got four books that you said are in the, in the editing process yes. right now. Um, is all of that is pretty well coordinated as well, right? You've got your windows of time to change the, yeah. these things. And, yeah, so for the most part, it's a that. really interesting process. So I just announced a couple of weeks ago that I sold a book to KiwiCo for their subscription boxes. And that one was a very fast turnaround and it's done um, because they are in the subscription box game. It's, you know, it's got to be done. It's got to be ready for the box. It's It comes out this year. Um, it won't be available for purchase outside of that Kiwi Co box. And so they just work really fast. Everything else is a very slow process and it is it's planned until it's not, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, for example, I had one book that is still not announced, so I can't say much, but in the offer letter, it was like, the first draft based on editor's feedback will be due in October. The second draft will be due in December and then we'll do finals by February. And I haven't even started edits on that book because everything has been pushed back. So I agreed to these Mm -hmm. dates that have passed. Um, And that's okay. You know, things happen. There's been a delay in um, a merge that's happening. There's been a delay in the illustrator side of things. There's been a delay in the contract. I haven't even seen any edits on that book. So I don't know what that one's going to be. Um, my middle grade has been very much on track with the dates I agreed to. So that one, everything is what is expected. The other picture book, um, Everything has been delayed. It hasn't been announced either. The, the two picture books that haven't been announced have both been delayed for different reasons on the announcement. But the editor has still said, you know, even with these delays, we're going to jump in. We're still going to keep to our dates. So we finished our edits like a month ago and I signed a contract yesterday. So it's just kind of interesting the ways that everything plays out. Yes. Speaking, speaking of all the ways they play out, I don't, Josh, I don't know if you're subscribed to Kaylee's newsletter, but I have really been appreciating the series that you've been 
writing and posting about about being on submission it's been really yeah it's been really interesting and helpful because so I I'm just newly agented and I have a book out on sub since October um but then thanks but then you know with the holidays and everything else and just you know there's just been a lot of a lot of unknowns like it's very it's like a very murky area and so (laughs) like my Yeah, like my agent, you know, is great about giving me information and being really transparent about who we're sending it to and the feedback and whatever. But it's, you know, a lot of it still is if you don't get answers or, you know, editors just don't get back to you or they get back to you, but then it's like way later or it just, it's just, it's a lot of like, what, what is going on out there? Like you have, you really have like no idea. So it's anyways, you're, you're blog posts have been really helpful just in terms of like okay I'm not alone like this is normal they're not just like oh like I'm not I'm not reading this email I'm not reading this you know like this it's totally normal and you know even even with an amazing agent I adore my agent I could talk about her for a whole podcast even with an amazing amazing agent there are just things that are still murky right like Mm -hmm. the process just isn't clear and it's unfortunate but it's not wrong I guess Um, (laughs) I mean before and again my agent's fabulous and she told me a lot of things ahead of time but I didn't even know what second reads meant until we were taken to second reads and I said wait wait what we're going where and doing what and you know it's just you don't even know what some things mean even once you are agented even once you're on submission it's still this brand new process so I'm hopeful that it'll kind of shine some light and not a terribly depressing light because <laughs> statistics on my post aren't totally. actually very encouraging. But I'm hoping totally. that, that sounds so sad, right? Like when I had to post that only 20% of R&Rs actually get purchased, that right. my soul a little bit. But, you know, it's important for people to know these things. Well, Like get the, grounded in reality. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The the bright colors and the exclamation points definitely help. Your cheery attitude shines through. And like I said, I mean, just knowing that you're not alone is really helpful for for me, That's like funny. as an audience member reading it. And actually, I got my agent as a result of an R and R. So I was I meant to post on your last blog just to like you know put that out there in case other people were reading. But so I I was really lucky in terms of an R&R for that but I you know on sub I don't know who who knows what what that'll be I'm sure the numbers are like way different much more skewed no I think that's great and it's probably very hard to believe this but I actually go through and edit out some exclamation points on my blog posts I know there are still approximately 100 <laughs> so just know that they're edited down <laughs> hey I love a good exclamation point so no judgment here yeah, I, I love mean, them. especially in a blog post right it's where I have to get them all out because I can't yes. put them in my manuscript everywhere I want to put them so on a blog post I'm yes. just like you oh I'm just not going you should know that I am an excited person and this is where I get it out. Twitter and my blog posts are going to have all the exclamation marks and then I'll look like a normal person in my books. That's right. And we're going to have to edit down the exclamation points in this conversation. You really well. will. If you can just like <laughs> you tone tone it my down. voice a little bit, that'd be great. <laughs> and like slow it out, pull it out like oh, taffy. Man. Like, oh, I forget how fast hard. I talk until I hear myself talk on something. And then I think, oh man, I thought I was talking slow. 
Sometimes I think that I will be able to edit these faster by speeding up everyone's dialogue. And I know that I'm kind of a slow and measured talker, but uh, everyone that we talk to that's part of the Kidlet community is so energized about what they do that that is absolutely impossible. I wouldn't be able to make it. <laughs> everyone sounds like Mickey Mouse. They're just like <laughs> ready to go. That's so funny. I My husband makes fun of me because when I'm listening to an audio book or a podcast, I listen on at least 1.25 if not 1.5 speed because my brain just catches it better that way i like the fast and the so i i apparently talk fast listen fast all the things but <laughs> i appreciate the slow and measured because i speak before mm. i think i talk too fast and i get overly excited very easily as long as you don't act before you think <laughs> That's a that is why Josh is such a great podcast co-host because I am more oh, like geez. you and I just go like way fast. Like I talk and run on sentences. I love a good exclamation point. I get really psyched, but Josh is great at being like, okay, but let's, yeah, like let's think about what we're going to say before we act. Like I always, I shoot from the hip, like Josh likes to say, he's like, that's what happens when you shoot from the hip. You, you just, you know, you go, go crazy. So it's a great, it's a great partnership is what is what I'm that's fun say. i'm sure the editing process right. is a bit of a headache editing voice mm. is really difficult mm. yeah it um it varies not to make this about our podcast creation <laughs> process, <laughs> but it varies it varies conversation to conversation you know if we've got lulls or something there's always some stuff that needs to be cut yeah, that out makes sense. but that's that's like any publication process audio or written at all. Yeah, fair enough. Um, there's always some some filtering going on. So um, one thing that I was going to ask you about was the fact that, that you first got FaceTime with us. Um, let me see if I can track this back. You did a giveaway, a critique group giveaway, where you were willing to sit down with some folks and talk about, um, it was basically a Kaylee AMA right. uh, after some critiques. And our critique partner, uh, Mark Huffman, the author of such classics, modern classics as The Toot Fairy yes. and Cheesemaker Durdston. He was the lucky winner. And so we got some FaceTime with you. Um, and uh, now I'm thinking about The Tooth Fairy and I lost the threat. Or The Tooth Fairy. <laughs> what I wanted to ask about was um, wh why, do you, why do you do those things? Why do you do those like sit downs with critique groups? And, and even with our conversation, you know, we had the, the email thread where you're, you're super generous with your time and how much you give back and what you're willing to give back in terms of a, a critique to folks that listen to this episode. Even. Yeah. Um, what is it in you aside from, you know, you've got education in your blood. I know you were a former, former educator. Right. Um, what, what, what is it? What is it that, that fuels yeah, good you? Good question. There? I, I just feel a great desire to give back because when I entered the Kidlet community, People just welcomed me and gave their time, and it meant the world to me that somebody would take the time to answer my questions, to kind of direct me um, in their process. Brian Gerline, who just published The Book of Rules, it's fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, he was one of the first people to welcome me to the community, joined a critique group with him. He was just newly agented at the time. And still to this day, 
all sent him something like, Brian, what does this mean? Brian, how does this process work? What what was it like for you on sub with this experience? And he still will respond to me. Um, Tara Lazar, I was brand new and she answered some questions for me and she's Tara Lazar, right? Um, <laughs> right. And people were just so generous with their time that I always said that I wanted to be that way, that I wanted to be open and available. Um, and you have to be careful with your time, right? But I try to say yes every time I can. Sometimes it's yes, but let's do that in a month. Um, I try to be really transparent with my time so that I don't overexert. And and let's be real, people listening to this are probably like, Kaylee, remember that time you just completely missed my email because you did overexert? And, and I do, right? I miss things. I make mistakes. I think I'm an organized person until I'm not. Um, but I try to say yes, because people have said yes to me. And I mean, for example, with this Kids' Choice Writing Contest, the people who are donating prizes, this is an unproven contest. Nobody knows how this is going to go. A lot mm. of the donors don't know me. Um and they still said yes. And so people believing in me, people supporting me has been huge in this community. And so I just always want to do that. You know, I'm always willing to respond to an email. Twitter DMs are open for like real people who aren't being creepy. <laughs> That's fair. Um, but <laughs> my Twitter DMs are open because I like to be accessible. I like people to think they can come and ask something. And if I don't know, I tell them because I'm still really new in this, right? Like I super lucked out to sell four books in my first year on sub is not normal. And I get that. And now I'll probably never sell another book. But <laughs> I... I do feel like I've had a really lucky experience. And because of that, it just feels like all I can do is give back in some way. I I love that so much because the I feel like the Kidlet community, like uh, people who are in it to actually be in it because they genuinely love writing books are they are so generous and open and willing to answer a question or I, I have direct messaged, you know, published authors before who yeah. have like book debuts or whatever, who are, you know, they're these big name people. And I'm just like, well, I mean, worst that happens, they just ghost me or they don't reply. Right. Yeah. I've never gotten anybody who hasn't replied, who hasn't written back and been like, Oh, Hey, like, you know, thanks for listening to this and following up and asking a question or, um, you know, thanks for the congratulations on my book or whatever. And everybody has always just been, yeah, like very welcoming, like you're saying. And like Josh and I doing this podcast, I mean, you like you hardly know us. And you were like, yeah, yeah, I'll do a podcast. No problem. Like, let's do that. I mean, right. Well, you hardly like, know me we either. Are... So after I said that, I was like, wait a minute. Do they know what they just got themselves into? Because we we always have the option to kill the interview if it goes. You're off. right. You can just not post this. Red button, red button. That's yeah. right. But people doing the podcast too, like same thing. People have been so generous with their time. We've never been turned down by somebody. Even like Amy Dykeman, Josh had messaged her a while back and she didn't say no. She said, you know, later because yeah, she's also, she's Amy Dykeman. Like she's got, you know, she's got stuff going on. So like, that's fair, but she didn't say no. Yeah, this is for you, Amy. I mean, yeah, right. But um, (laughs) don't forget, put us on your calendar. Um, 
anyways, like, yeah, she, I mean, even her, she, you know, she was like, yeah, sure. Of course. I just, you know, I can't do it now because of scheduling, whatever. So I, I feel that vibe in a very like honest and genuine way in the Kidlet community. Even people who have like made it quote unquote, right. Do you ever make mm-hmm. it in the, I don't know. But <laughs> right. People are just so nice with their time. I, I've been blown away by that. So the the one thing that I think, of course, I want to uh, I want to publish books as part of this process of being part of the community. But even if I don't, you know, being part of this podcast, being part of our awesome critique group and the Twitter community, and working on Cookie Pitch with Mark Wright <laughs> and other folks is also rewarding. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm a I'm a corporate guy by day. Um, and one thing that it takes intentionality to hammer home with people who are successful and established in their jobs is mentor people, be part of someone else's education, because you're not going to be around in your job and in your capacity forever. And we need to bring up the next wave of uh, people who are going to contribute to the success of educating kids and touching hearts and minds and all that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's appreciated. And I read on your website too, that you, you were, you were a mentor you were a reading mentor? Yeah. So prior like in teaching? prior to having kids, once I had kids, I decided I wanted to be home with them at least until they're full-time in school. And and I realized that's a very privileged decision to make that I could do that. Um, and But before that, in a, in a prior life that seems so far away, my degree is actually in human development. But then I went into, I worked in a school system with, kids just leaving juvenile detention and they had to meet certain requirements before they could go back home. And I was their teacher and their reading coach. And because I always wanted to be in education and I always wanted to teach, but I wanted um, to kind of also go. um, There was a while that I thought I might be a therapist, et cetera. So I found that if I could get this degree in human development, that I could teach in certain settings with um, with these kids. And it was really awesome because they were just good kids, you know, who had maybe been dealt a hard hand in life or quite frankly had made dumb choices, right? They're coming out of juvenile detention, but it didn't matter, right? Like they were just kids and to connect with them with books was life-changing because some of these kids had never had a book that they could love, right? So I taught 12 to 15-year-olds. We didn't, in our program, we didn't really have a grade. We just had a age range. And then we, you know, tried to get them back home into, into a quote-unquote regular classroom once they had, you know, met certain requirements, been clean long enough, etc. And uh, you know, I would recommend books to these kids, and and this was a long time ago, so these books are old, but I would recommend books to these kids that just, they didn't know they could read books like that. They didn't know that they could read for fun. And I mean, some of these kids were reading at like a first grade reading level. And so I did a lot of reading out loud to the class and, and things like that. But it was amazing. And there were a couple of kids that went on, you know, years later, they'd email me and say, Hey, have you read this book? And Hey, I just read this book and thought of you. And it was, it was neat. What an amazing experience to be part of. I mean, think about publishing, but that's, that's reaching, uh, that's reaching uh, somebody who's going to benefit the most from 
kids' books yeah. and having literacy in their hands and yeah. uh, seeing themselves on the page and that sort of thing. That's incredible. Yeah, I think it was the first time that I realized what a book can really do because it had done that in my life, but but to see it in other people's lives, to see it in these kids' lives, it was amazing. I feel like that that's like the very root of it for a lot of people too. Like that's why a lot of us write books is to connect with kids and to inspire kids and to give kids a laugh or to get, you know, to pass these ideas on. And that is like the very root of it because yeah, I mean, like I, I'm in the same situation you are. I was very privileged to be able to make the choice to stay home with my kid. Yeah. Um, and we, like I said, we get stacks and stacks of books. Like that's what we do. We have them like all over the house. We're constantly reading, you know, but kids who don't have access to that. I mean, not that, not that I'm not trying to reach kids like my son, because of course, of course I am. The books are for any kid who wants to be inspired, but it, it seems like it just seems so much more meaningful at the very root level of getting in there with kids who have not had that experience and opening that door for them. And that's just, that's like, that's the whole thing. That's, yeah, absolutely. that's all of it. Right. Biggest dream isn't for me, isn't like, the New York Times list or anything like that. Biggest dream is to do school visits and be with the kids and, you know, connect on those personal levels to, to see your book out in the world and, and then hopefully making a difference. I mean, the New York Times is yeah. nice, obviously. <laughs> It'd be all right. I wouldn't right. I mean, it it's fine. But, <laughs> but, but really, what does that mean? You know, it's, yeah, it's a list. Right. So to I, I'm always a more personal kind of person. I just hope to to make this a really personal journey. Well, on that note, Kaylee, do you want to tell us where you know where we can find you? What what which of your books we can look out for? And then do you want to also just mention um, the giveaway for this? Yeah, podcast? absolutely, absolutely. Okay. So I'm most active on Twitter. Um, my handle is Pew Kaylee, and that's like really hard because my name is not spelled normally. So it's P E W for Pew, <laughs> and then Kaylee is K A I L E I. And then my website is KayleePewBooks.com. And on the website, um, I'm slowly trickling down with how often I post. I've been doing weekly blog posts, but like we talked about being aware of our time, it's just. Mm. this upcoming year it'll probably go down to twice a month if not once a month some months so but I will still be around so follow along there and then what was the the giveaway okay yes <laughs> so for the giveaway I would love to offer the winner's choice we can do a 30 minute ask me anything call we could do a picture book manuscript critique um pretty much anything there I write in a really wide range I do mostly non-rhyming but I do have a rhyming book coming out and I do non-fiction and fiction humorous and lyrical so anything in there or a middle grade five page non-fiction critique because I only do non-fiction middle grade so well we yeah we appreciate the incredible generosity that you're giving yes. the community and your awesome time that we've taken from you this no morning. thank you thank you for the invitation you may contribute a verse. Thanks for listening this week. Find out more about us and our guests and the artists behind our cover and theme music at our websites, verse.show, renagenerette.com, and joshmoncourts.com. See you next verse. Bye.